Well, it's great to have Roger with us again um, as we look to uh, kind of dissect um, the fruit of the Spirit. And one of these aspects is uh, something that I think today is kind of a bit misunderstood from the biblical position, and that is gentleness. And uh, we uh, have uh, Roger, who has written a book uh, called The Master Plan, which is about... uh, uh, the Beatitudes, and uh, there's a, a great chapter in there. I'm plugging your your book unshamedly. <laughs> it's fantastic, uh, but uh, there's a there's a big bit on on the true meaning of what meekness or gentleness means. But um, uh, we'll be we'll be going through that today and uh, asking a bunch of questions and plumbing the depths of Roger's wisdom. So thanks for being with us, Roger. Good to be with you again, Harry. <laughs> so I think a good place to start would just be um, how how does the world see gentleness at the moment? I, I guess how does the world see it? And and maybe how does the church see it? Because there might be just be different nuances there because there's almost a bit of a, a guilt trip, maybe a guilt feeling within this concept of gentleness. I don't know. We can, we can outwork that. Yeah. Well, well I think... The, the gentleness is a good thing. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, as far as it goes, when the scripture or the English translators use the word gentleness, uh, it, it, it's a good word to have um, because today there's a lot of uh, emphasis on kindness, mm. which I think is great. Yeah, absolutely. So be kind to yourself, be kind to others in you know, mugs and everything, be kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's a great thing because uh, the world can be a real cruel, nasty, tough, horrible place. Yeah. It's doggy dog, isn't it? And devour it. Yeah. Do unto others before they do unto you. Um, so I think to put the word gentleness in is good. I think the problem comes when... Um, we realize that's only a half of what the New Testament word gentleness means mm-hmm. when we translate. Because the, the New Testament word uh, is also translated as meekness. So when Jesus says in Matthew 5, happy or blessed are the meek, mm-hmm. or they inherit the earth. Uh, and when he says um, later in Matthew, I am meek. Come to me all who are laden, heavy laden. And then he quotes Zechariah later on. He says, uh, when he comes into Jerusalem, see your king comes to you. Yeah. Meek and humble. And that's a big key, riding on a donkey. So I think gentleness is a good word, but it's it's an incomplete word to describe what the New Testament word is there. Yeah, is, is it... Is it kind of like the the antithesis to uh, to power as domination? Yeah, yes. Uh, the the word we translate meek, and I think um, meek is is probably the worst word we could use <laughs> today because of our understanding of meekness. Meekness yeah. is uh, is often interpreted as uh, insipid, weakness, doormat. Um, allowing people to walk all over you, never speaking up for yourself, and just just really being a, a worm. Yeah. Um, but the word actually that we translate gentle in, in the fruit of the spirit and in and in Matthew means to demonstrate power. 
It's actually an active word. It means to demonstrate power, but to demonstrate it without harshness or cruelty. Mm. So the gentleness is a good thing. And it means the exercise of God's strength um, under the control of the spirit. Right. So it's very much an action um, of ruling and authority. So power under authority. Power under authority, henceforth gentleness, mm-hmm. humility. And really, that's why when Jesus, because oftentimes um, I remember people say, well, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And people say, well, the poor old meek, there's not much earth to inherit. There won't be much left for them because <laughs> everybody else has grabbed it. <laughs> but I think the very fact that Jesus says, because he often says, blessed are, blessed are because, for they will. Yeah. And when he says, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who exercise power without harshness or cruelty, but kindness and humility. Yeah. And they inherit the earth, which takes me back to Genesis 1, when the, the mandate was rule the earth. Mm. Rule it like me. So it, it and that, that, that's interesting as well, because the word there is it that rule is it's to subjugate is isn't it? It's it's yes. always that, that domination feeling, but it's it's done with the the intents and the purposes of God. But what you see is how when humanity takes of the, the tree of knowledge and good and evil, they do what's according they, they do what's good for them and not yes. what, what is good in, in God's eyes. And so you see how the 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 ruling and the authority and the power is totally subverted, don't you? Yes, it's almost it's, it's almost always turned into domination, yeah. subjugation, abuse of of, uh, of the ones who are being ruled. Yeah, yeah. Uh, meekness or gentleness, fruit of the spirit, is rule. It is the exercise of power, but it's totally contrary to bullying, domineering, having your way, or being the one who just says, oh, yeah, walk over me. Yeah. And that is why it is an aspect of the fruit of the spirit. Mm. Yeah. It's not natural. Yeah. And it can be easily conflated with things like, uh, you know, when Jesus tells you to go the extra mile mm-hmm. um, or when um, when Paul says, doesn't he, about uh, doing kindness to your enemies and it'll be like pouring hot ash on, on their heads. And yeah, if you start, I, the, it, it can be easily misconstrued when you just take these individual verses in context and not understanding jesus as the person of how it is that we we show the love of jesus by just letting people do what they want so to speak yeah and that that extra mile it's a funny thing because that's that has entered the english language and we hear it almost every day oh you mm-hmm. went the extra mile mm-hmm. but when jesus said it it was totally radical to his hearers yep isn't it? because you know, uh, our viewers might not understand that at those times, the Roman occupying forces um, could coerce you, anybody, to carry their pack. Mm. You had to carry it the mile. Mm-hmm. You had to. So Jesus would have done that. So you think you could be going one way, and the Roman soldier says, carry my pack this way. There's no way you can argue. You have to do it. Yeah. So then and the people say, yeah, 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 we've all done that. So when Jesus said, so when they tell you to do that, and they're, they're all expecting, what, refuse? He says, no, when you've carried that mile, carry another one. 
and they, so you can imagine them hearing that for the first time and saying, you've got to be joking. Mm. But what he's saying is you're actually exercising authority and power because you are in control. Yeah. They can't coerce you for the second one. Mm. But you're saying, I'll show you real power and control. Mm -hmm. I'll take another one. Yeah. That's why it's so radical to go an extra mile. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. just thinking, oh yeah, yeah, I'll I'll do a little bit more. It's a totally radical way of, of the kingdom of God. Yeah. And it's um what Je Jesus's message as well is is uh, it's important to talk about the Roman occupation because that that's all floating around this message of gentleness and meekness because when Jesus comes and announces that he is the Messiah, he is the anointed one, and he comes in on the donkey into Jerusalem, yes. people are thinking he's going to raise an army and kick all the Romans out. That's yes. why they're welcoming him. That's why they're so pleased that it happens. And it's probably how the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders were able to turn the crowd against him um, when it, it came to crucifying him because he hadn't raised the army. Where where are all these followers? Where are the people that they're they're going to have to kick all these people out? And uh, Jesus is like, that's that's not <laughs> that's not how it's going to work, guys. That's not yeah. how it's going to happen. That's right. You know, when you know when it says they tried to make him king by force, he says, mm. oh. and when you know Pilate says, he says my, my my kingdom is not of this world. I am a king, but not your kind of king. I yeah. am the ruler. I am the Lord, but I'm not. I'm not the tyrant. And I think that's for me. What Harry, when Jesus says uh, in Matthew 11, now. Um, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Mm. Well, that's a that's a strong thing. He says, mm. I, can, "I can look after you." Mm. Then he says, um, "I am meek and humble of heart." So when I want to define meekness, I think, "Well, I got a role model." Yeah. How did he live? Well, he clearly was very gentle with people. Yeah. With um, the outcasts and the sick. Um, he gave people time. He was kind. He engaged in conversation. Like we said, he even when the Canaanite woman, he says, "Well, you know, it's not right for us to, you know, to give the dogs the, the food." And she says, "Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> I love it. It's great." She says, "He must be thinking, yeah, she's right. You know, I know, I know he's, he's loving. He's going to do it." And I can imagine bending down and just saying to it. Okay, your your daughter's healed. Off you go. And at the same time, he's he doesn't let um, the religious authority bully him. Mm. Always trying to push him around. Uh, he doesn't let, even though obviously the Romans ex execute him. It's at his moment, his time. Well, he he has the same at the beginning of his ministry, doesn't he? Where um, he has the encounter with Satan. Yes. The Satan's trying to force the issue right there and then, and he says, "You know, it's not. It now is not the time." And it, I, I think as well, you, you know, he could have. He says, doesn't he? Actually, when he's arrested in Gethsemane, that I could, I could summon a thousand legions of angels, yeah. and they would come in an instant. And he could have done it in either one of those moments to to finish it once and for all. But he, he's a man under authority. Yeah. And not doing that is the exercise of authority. It's power without harshness and cruelty. Mm. He said, it, it doesn't look like I'm in control, but I am. Mm. 
And I think he never allowed, and I think this is where the meekness, he doesn't allow people to dominate him. Mm. Um, there's a there's an instance at um, the end of Mark chapter one where he's had a fantastic day, healing and teaching and casting out demons and miracles, everything. And it just says he gets up early the next morning and he's up the mountain, he's praying, talking to Father. And the disciples come to him and they say, God, this is where you are. And they said, you got to come back down to the village because everyone's looking for you. There's more people to heal. And there's all this stuff to do. And he just says, no. He says, mm. no. And you just in peer pressure. You know, the meek person, as we would think, oh, yeah, I'm, or I'm okay, I'm coming. I'm on your agenda. He says, no, no. He said, we got to go over here. Yeah. Simply because he says that that's where Father's told me to go. Yeah. And for me, that it's that line, it's not a fine line, it's that walking of saying, I live under this rule of authority of the kingdom of God. Jesus is my king, my Lord, and I do what he tells me to do. Yeah. When I look at him, his attitude is always, how can I help? How can mm -hmm. I bless? Uh, this. And when he meets things that come at him and they say, you have a demon. No, I don't. You're illegitimate. No, I'm not. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you uh, we want to ask you this trick question. Answer our trick, trick question. He says, no, mm -hmm. I'll ask you a question instead. Mm -hmm. You answer mine, I'll answer yours. <laughs> but that's all meekness, you see. He's he's just in the, he's under control. Yeah. He's not bullying, domineering all the time, getting his own way. And yet he's not, oh, well, I'm just this, which you, you see in some of the, the movies, like, the, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, where he's this weak, emaciated, you know, thinking, he'll push you around. And he's, oh, that's not Jesus. He's, he, he's the son of God. <laughs> yeah, he's not, uh, um, you're reminded of the moment when Peter tells him to stop saying things that upset people. You know the the whole uh, Jesus. Don't tell people that you're going to have to die. That that's not going to that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what a Messiah should be doing. Yeah, it's not going to win you any get, get behind me, Satan. You know they're not. It's not a. It's not gentle words as we would understand. That's that's being brought. But no. at the same time, it's it's recognizing that um, it's the the man under authority can come and bring stuff, and he brings stuff with the purpose of edifying. Yeah, Paul talks about it, doesn't he, with the power of prophecy yes. and and how the word of God is, is come to, to exhort, to build up and to encourage. And anything that is done without love, um, without this kindness, without this the agenda of raising up the other person, yes. is just cruel. It's just not going to work. Yes. It's just going to tear things down, isn't it? And I think that's why in the fruit, it's, it's love first. Mm. Um, and I've often thought, you know, it says that Paul says about faith, hope, and love three great things. <laughs> he says the greatest of the three is love. You think, well, how can love be greater than faith or hope? And I've often thought, and for me, I find that love creates the atmosphere for faith and hope to move freely. Mm, very if good. You, if there's no love, f faith is going to be crippled and hope will be destroyed. But faith is almost like the fuel <laughs> for love fuels faith and hope. Love fuels 
this this fruit of the spirit, isn't it? Yeah, and it allows the flow of authority to to work in a in a good and healthy way, which which mm. is where this gentleness and where this meekness comes from. You have the instruction, don't you, where um where Paul says to Timothy, you've got to go to the older guys who are saying stuff that's wrong and you've yes. got to correct them, but you've got to do it with gentleness. It's mm. that it's that same word, isn't it? It's that like how do you gently go and correct somebody? <laughs> um, and particularly in that uh, in that patriarchal world where he comes in as a as a young guy, but he's probably something similar to me, and he's correcting people that are leaders. And oh, you're still a young guy. <laughs> I'm, I hope so. <laughs> but um, yeah, just like how, how does that work? How does that work in a in a way that 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 edifies but um and and doesn't bring people down but at the same time is 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 actually correcting and uh, and is exercising authority as well without overstepping yeah. the mark i mean incidents are coming to mind as you're talking there because you know when i came into eldership and leadership i was in my 30s and uh had people who were in their 70s and 80s most of whom were fantastic. Mm. But there were a few that you just think, oh, I have to go and talk to this elder brother and I have to talk about certain things. Uh, and now I'm easing into that generation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm at the other end, finding... I, I came up against men who were not meek. Yeah, okay. They were bullies. They had to... They had had their success in their personal life and their, their working life. And, you know, well, you know, I'm an older man in this church. I should get respect because, you know. And um, I thought, how do I get around that? And it isn't appealing. Um, so as I'm, as I'm now approaching that, and maybe some would say I'm in it, I have to be like, thinking, okay, I have to remember when I was 30. 35, 40, and when the younger man would come and say, Rog, you know, really, you can't do that. Mm. Well, don't you know, I've, <laughs> I've been an elder in this church, don't you know, where's the respect? I've been around for 35, 38, 40 years. Can't play that card. Yeah. Because if you are under, if you're a man or a woman understands authority, you'll want to put yourself under it wherever you can. Yeah, I think that's good actually to to a good illustration because you are in a bit of a unique situation as well in that you used to be an elder of the church, have now come out and now your son is an elder. He's my elder. He's your elder. Yeah, my son he... is my elder, and he tells me what to do. <laughs> so how um, uh, how was that for? I mean, you are a man under authority. You're somebody that that understands authority. <laughs> How how has that process been for you? How has been the the understanding and the flow of that to be able to release you into this place of peace where it's it's okay for you to do that? That's a really important question, I think, Harry. I think for me, and not to blow my own trumpet, I one of the big reasons why the group I was leading and Diane and I joined with uh, Brian Shutt and Kerry and those and Tony Ling and Brian in those yeah. days was because we were looking for people who understood authority. Not that we did completely, but it was a big thing for us. 
um, how because why why was that such a big thing? Well, because we came from a charismatic background where everything <laughs> just think it's, it was just a, it was like a Wild West show <laughs> at, at certain times, and, the, and it was just like everybody for, for himself. And thought, there's got to be some structure and order. There's got to be some accountability. Yeah. yeah. And the church we were leading was growing, but we thought if we don't if we don't do something fast, we're going to fall into anarchy. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so coming in, that was a big thing for us. So I, I did grasp what authority is all about, even though it's expanded exponentially since. I didn't have it all, but I thought, I've got a kernel of it. And so growing up, uh, I understood then, and learning from people like Brian and from Kerry and other men and women, that... Uh, Let's just take James. He's my son. He's under my authority. Because when he becomes 18, he doesn't have to obey me now, but I ask him to honor me. Mm -hmm. He's my son. And he did. And I was his elder. But then in our relationship, and as, as time goes by then, and he starts to grow, and you can see, and I know it's a, it's, it's, it's an interesting relationship because there's, there's gifting and there is anointing there mm -hmm. and people talked about things and uh, I had to deal with the fact that people say, oh, your boy, you know, your boy. And I said, yes, yeah. okay, but he's my son, but he's his own man. Mm -hmm. um, and even then when he came into eldership and I wasn't an elder then, uh, by then I was ready and saying, okay, I know he's my son and he'll always be my son and he always honors me. But our relationship has shifted considerably, mm -hmm. spiritually, because in the house of God, he's over me. Mm -hmm. I'm under his authority. Um, and so it hasn't been a struggle. And to be honest, when when he's standing up and ministering or addressing or dealing with issues, I don't think, well, that's my boy. I think that's my elder. Yeah. I don't see him as my boy, my son. He's my elder. Because mm. I think personal pride and when people say oh your son is i say yeah i said he has a great mother <laughs> <laughs> and that's true you know he i know i've had a part but diana's had a major part to play in yeah i don't know if that answers the question but uh <laughs> it, it is that the demonstration of power because i could have i could have played the father card always remember son i'm your father and to, to use it as a means to um, to get what you want or what you think should be taking place. Absolutely. And, and it's not that you um, shouldn't have a voice with experience and all of that kind of stuff, but at the same time, it's the using and abusing of that to to retain some element of control and authority yes. when that's not yours to have. Yeah. And that's why meekness, gentleness is the exercise of power without that control without that coercion, without that harshness. Yeah. Because you can't do that. So you say, well, do I influence? Yes, of course I will, because I have an effect. But I'm not here to run the church mm -hmm. vicariously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, there's the, that, uh, Jesus, doesn't he, quotes the, the Psalm, is it Psalm 110, um, where... It talks about the the son of David, isn't it, and the, the Lord being sat at the right hand. Yeah. 
And uh, when um, when the Pharisees come and question Jesus about uh, how does that all work, and he's like, well, you know, there's the son of uh, the son of David is his Lord. How does that work? Yes, <laughs> he, he's right. <laughs> yeah. he's not David's son. He's David's Lord. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah and I think that, that's just one practical aspect that I think it's very easy to slip into relationships where we talk about well. Christians, you're supposed to be gentle. You're supposed to mean meek, meaning you just don't express your thoughts. You have no opinions. You have no views. You just accept whatever comes your way. Uh, and that leads into a very uh, um, passive people mm. who, uh, who are never allowed to express themselves and are, and are subjugated. And I hate that. So how does that how does that work then? Because yeah, um, I think it's an important thing because almost everybody is under authority in in yes. some way, whether it's under through the 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 legal systems that we have and the government, and uh, or whether it's being part of the church, or whether you're in a family or at work where you have line managers and all that kind of stuff. There is this this flow of authority, and generally in I guess in the UK, there's a a kickback against the boss man. There's a, a lack yeah. of respect towards it. They're the pe person in power and stick it to the man kind of mentality, isn't there? Yes. As, as 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 followers of Jesus, we we need to respect authority. All authority flows from God. You know, um, we we read about that, don't we? And and how how do we how do we respect and honor authority? How do we allow the flow of authority to still function, um, even when I guess, I guess there's two aspects. There's the aspect when there is the abuse that is taking place and it's clear, but how how does it work when maybe there's not abuse, but we just think maybe they've just made a wrong decision or there's, um, you know, in the life of the church, maybe they're just doing something that uh, isn't necessarily wrong, but maybe you just think could be done better. Or do, do you know what I mean? So I guess the two flavours, how do you, how do you, not push back on authority, but how do you use your voice under authority to authority, I, I suppose? I think it's the old adage of speaking truth to power, mm -hmm. which I believe in. I believe power, true power, can have truth spoken to it um, because it doesn't diminish it. So I think if you take if you take the first one, where the abuse and the... Um, I think in the workplace, yes. I think I know in our country there's a lot of legislation for. Uh, whereas when we I went to work back in the seventies, the bosses were bad. they were frightening, mm -hmm. you know, and there was a lot of coercion and bullying and things going on. I, I, no, I haven't worked in that environment for a long time. Diane does, and uh, it, it seems in her financial world that that there are safeguards now. Mm. Um, that doesn't mean it doesn't happen mm -hmm. you know, we see that in sports or we see that in racism as has happened in in Scottish cricket we've mm -hmm. this institutional racism which I think is, a, is abuse yeah. it's wrong, it's evil um, and there, there are there are there are mechanical systems which you can follow that through yeah. but you can yeah. I think in the church um, the same 
principle holds. I think where there is abuse of, of power by, by leaders, um, I believe, uh, and this is why I think in the importance of gifts of Christ to the church, like apostles and prophets, especially apostles, apostles aren't here to affirm every eldership decision. Mm -hmm. I've had people say, well, if I disagree with something, you, the apostle will just come in and agree with you. And I thought, wow, have I conveyed that? Because that is the last, that's the last thing, that's the furthest thing from the truth. Mm -hmm. um, I trust I've never done that. And so there, there, there must be, we're a people, we're a body, we're not the body, and then the, these leaders exercising this authority. Because authority runs right through the whole church. And then, so I, I, I think every believer, every person in the church has a right to question. Mm -hmm. Okay, Roger, I don't agree with uh, that decision. Or why did you make that decision? Or, uh, I say, well, we just did, you can't argue about. No, I don't believe that. I, I, we're not a democracy. Mm -hmm. But I do believe in uh, discussion, mm -hmm. decisions, um, and saying, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Oh, I think this. So I didn't really like that, or I'm, I'm unhappy about that. And where I would used to think, oh, it's a personal attack, I would say, oh, what, what, why? Why is that then? I don't lose anything that way. Mm -hmm. In fact, I... I, I had some salutary lessons with at a particular time in the church when I was leaving. It was a difficult time, and there was a lot of, rightly so, there were a lot of disgruntled, unhappy, upset, hurt people. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I, I took the church on for, to lead it, I spent three months just listening to people. And people say this, and I'd say, well, thank you. And I'd say, I can't promise that you're going to get what you want. And they said, that doesn't matter. I said, why is that? Just thank you for listening to me, mm. giving me the time to express what I think. <laughs> Still, uh, people have to feel affirmed. Mm. And I think meekness, this demonstration of the power of God, does that. Yeah. That's what Jesus did. He, you know, we talk about this lady. He listened to her. A guy comes along and says, listen, uh, I'm struggling believing. Can you... Can you help me? Because I want to believe more. He says, sure, I can. <laughs> the Pharisee comes along and says, uh, how come, why do you allow your disciples to do that? That's not lawful. It's against the tradition of the elders. He says, what? Who do you think you are? You disobey God. How dare you come and talk to me like that? Yeah. That's meekness too. So. There's a, a we've recently been to, um, Brian Schutt's funeral and one of the kind of um, themes that uh, that came out of it was that he was a a man who stood up for justice. Yes, he did. <clears throat> First hand. Yeah, and the the that he, I think it was Kerry who said that he became the voice for people when they had no voice. Yeah, he did. Um, uh, uh, is is gentleness a uh, a desire for? Or the exercise of gentleness is there is there a desire for seeing justice for seeing righteousness for is that is that a key part of what's taking place yes, as well i think yes um it was a hallmark of brian brian was concerned with what was right 
for people, what was right, righteousness. Um, and he loved uh, that phrase from Mike, from Micah, which had the word hesed in it. Mm. Love justice and uh, walk humbly with your God. He also loved Amos, which, you know, he says, um, let justice roll down like a river, righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. And I think it is because it's a concern not for me being right. It's just so that things are right. Mm -hmm. And and I believe gentleness and meekness is like that because uh, Jesus was concerned for righteousness, that things were done right. Things were right. Uh, and I think for... For me, it's uh, we talk about Brian. I because I can remember when in the church in Cardiff we we first came across this piece of land that we wanted to build on, and we went to the council, and they just swatted us away. We said no, no way. And councillors, you know, had their own agenda. Said no, we need these little people who they think they are. And I remember Brian said no, we've got a just cause. So what he did, he had a whole load of placards made, rounded up all the people in the church he could find. We all went off to the city hall to the sack council meeting and sat in the public gallery. <laughs> and when there were so many of us that eventually, the, whoever was chairman said, "Then you better come and sit down." So sitting in the body of it, and uh, it didn't, you know, it wasn't violence, it wasn't banging placards, but it was, we have a just cause. We've got Manaknalawi these local cats to push us around. Mm -hmm. And the council said, yeah, you're right. They gave us, and they gave us permission to a bit. We got the land and everything. But it was Brian because he said, no, it's, it's right. Yeah. And the way that you've treated this like, is wrong as well. Yeah. It is like this sometimes because you think, you know, there's certain people who just think, I'll fight for you. You can't fight for yourself, but I'll fight for you. Even I've had people who've come in a very practical pastoral issue, had no belief for themselves. They were beaten. Mm -hmm. They were downtrodden, defeated. They were abused. And I, I said, uh, I'll, you, I'll take you on. I'll, I'll believe in you. I'll fight for you. And I've had, you know, folks now in the church and around the world not vast numbers, but there are people I I fought for. Yeah. Um, just in their own dignity, in their own self-belief, that there was a life for them. Mm. And uh, that's one of the great joys, you think. I fought for you. Yeah. Because um, I exercised power for you when you couldn't exercise it yourself. Yeah. yeah, and when you have a, a community of, of people of followers of Jesus that are doing that, then you have a choice. Uh, then you have a church that has a voice in the world to speak out against the the stuff that's taking place, or to act in a in a radical way to to help people where there's a need for that help to be outworked or anything like that. Yes, I mean uh, we said earlier on that the world has a limit; it does spit you up. Spit you out, chews you up. Church should never do that. Um, we're all unfinished stories, and I know you know in Chisley, shit yourself, people think, Lord, are they ever going to make it? <laughs> but we have no right to quit. Yeah. And this is where we talk about Brian's funeral. 
um, and his stress on, on the covenant love of God, we can't quit. Mm. We can't quit on people. No, absolutely uh, not. And there's uh, the people that are full of the spirit will have that that sense of justice. And it's, it's right to have that sense of justice. It's right to... Yeah. Um, and then we rejoice. And another part of it, because when, when, when they succeed, like you talk about James, when they succeed and they, they grow and they move and we see success for them, and they, they might even move past us. And it's not like pull them back. Uh, it's your success is my success. Yeah. One part rejoices, we all rejoice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty when you when you see that meekness exercised and this rule and, and people are making progress in their life. And you just think. Because we're moving towards maturity as sons of God, we think this is great. Yeah, yeah. You, you have that um, the instant, don't you? Where it's Barnabas and Paul, and Barnabas is the the son of encouragement. What a great name! And uh, and then you see the switch take place where it then becomes Paul and Barnabas. And then there's the the big fight that happens. And is, was it on Cyprus? Yeah, with John uh, Mark. John Mark goes away, and then there's an, another fight between or an argument between. Uh, between Paul and Barnabas about whether they should take John Mark and they end up splitting up and Paul takes Silas and and uh, Barnabas takes John Mark. And then you read, is it in 2 Timothy where Paul's yeah. at the end of his life and he's like, please, please send John Mark to me because it will be useful to me. Um, but the, you have this, that the Barnabas, the, 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 I guess there's an exercise in gentleness there in, in a man under authority raising somebody up who, who Paul had lost trust in. Yes. And, and then we see that coming through and working working well. And that's also an important principle because Paul couldn't help John Mark. Mm. He didn't have grace for him. No. Uh, maybe that's a character flaw in Paul because our beloved apostle was not perfect. No. He had, he had major character flaws. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a Barnabas, who also had character flaws, Barnabas had... Grace for John Mark, mm. where Paul, uh, Paul would have destroyed him at that time of his life. But later in life, I love it because he he hasn't given up on John Mark. He hasn't forgotten. He's, he knows all about John Mark, and he's in his heart. And that's when he says, please send him to me. I, I imagine that, rec that meeting must have been fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whenever that was, it would have been, uh, yeah. it would have been great. And just to, to see the success of that person. Yes, and John Mark was a success, wasn't he? Uh, clearly, yeah. <laughs> Having written one of the Gospels. Yes, he did, he did rather well. He, he did quite well for us, yeah. Yes, um, you must always remember that, considering a man who was written off by an apostle. Absolutely. Wrote a Gospel. Yeah. And the first one as well. Yes, first one. The first one. Um, I, I think uh, one thing that would be interesting just to talk about, because um, we, we've talked a lot about how this, um, uh, how gentleness operates in our physical world. How does it operate in the spiritual realms and realities when we are, um, when we're praying for, or praying against the spirit of the age, when we're praying against powers and principalities? How do we operate in that authority? without overstepping the mark or, or still 
moving in that gentleness or indeed do we need to move in that gentleness how does that how does that work yes i, I think we do move in that gentleness i think that's a very important question and it's, uh, it's a um I think as i'm going along if we're coming down to the principalities and powers and the spiritual realms when we're taking on opposing forces mm. you know not, not just when we're praying in jesus name you that authority but when we're, we're directly we know that uh, we're taking on principles of like sicknesses and demonic forces, and yeah. not every sickness is caused, you know. Yeah, but, you, know, you, you know, you know when you're taking something on. Yeah, I think the first thing is to dispel this notion of the wrong sense of gentleness and meekness. Oh, I can't do that <laughs> because if if you think you can't do that, whichever. Whichever spiritual force you're coming against will affirm that. Yeah. 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 You have no authority, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it's like that mountain that's not going to move. Mm -hmm. you know, so Jesus is saying, you go speak to the mountain, and the mountain saying, you think you can take me on? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Um, so I think it is that thinking, I have got this power, I've got this authority. Now, I'm not going to be cruel and harsh, but I am going to be stern. Mm -hmm. Jesus was stern when he rebuked it. He rebuked sicknesses. Mm -hmm. he, he wasn't well. Now, let's can we have a talk? I think I'd like you to go into the pigs today. Well, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> Jesus, you're going. Now, in that sense, then it's not a case of ranting and shouting. I mean, I've I've done it, and I've heard people when they're they're dealing with certain sicknesses and spiritual opposition and they're shouting at the top of their voices you know and the volume doesn't mean anything mm. it's authority mm -hmm. yeah and certainly i've heard people saying and oh, angels of god we're commanding you today to do all this stuff and i'm thinking we do not command angels <laughs> yeah he commands his angels we can ask him to send them yes but we're, we're not shouting and ranting and raving at demons and sicknesses. It's just in the times when I've taken on certain sicknesses and certain demonic forces, and I can only speak for me, Harry, I, get a, I become very controlled, if you like. I'm thinking, don't take me on. Mm. You, want, you want to take... You want to fight? Because it's not my fight. Yeah. There are moments, there are those moments I'm thinking, I have got all the authority of Jesus Christ here. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm, I'm taking you on. Mm. That's how it happens to me. I'll speak sternly, strongly, and angrily. Yes, I will. Yeah. But not, um, not this, uh, you know, you, you know this rant mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't get me anywhere it might work for others but it, it doesn't work for me yeah but it's no and it keys in it's not like oh i've got to go and get this there's just certain times happens i'm thinking in the name of jesus christ you think Oof. but i also think the gift of faith is at work there yeah okay. that's another conversation <laughs> <laughs> yeah faith uh yeah it's 
believing and understanding where your authority is and then exercising the, the gentleness is exercising the authority in the right way isn't it yes and that's what is, doing. Is, is believing that we carry that that authority to be able to do that and to speak that yes yeah and it's um it's not that we're always just calm and placid no there, there are times when you will get angry something mm. No, there are times when you will be calm, but you're never, you're never losing your temper. You're never brutalizing people. Mm. You're never, I mean, uh, people often talk, I don't, I, 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 I don't know if it's a, an urban myth. People talk about Smith Wigglesworth and, you know, and how he used to kick babies and punch people in the start. I've never, I've never seen that written anywhere. I think they're urban myths, but, um, Smith hated the devil. Yeah. He was ruthless with the devil, but he was lovely with people. Mm. He loved people. Yeah. You know, and sometimes people say, Well, you you got you gotta do this. And I have done things, yes. I've I've told people, I said, I'm I am i am going to I'm going to shout at you. But I'm not shouting at you. Okay. I am going to uh I'm not gonna hit you, but I am gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. Okay. All right? Yeah, let's do it then. Because I'm dealing with a person. Mm -hmm. So, Dealing with a person and then there's the spiritual realm on top of it. And that's what you have to know. And that's why with Jesus, when uh, he, you know, the the boy who's epileptic, thrown in the fire by the spirit, um, Jesus is very gentle with the boy. But he speaks to the spirit. Come on, sternly. Very sternly. Yeah. He's not stern with the sick. He's stern with the sickness. Mm. But he is uh, very compassionate with people. People aren't there for show. They're not for us to show and abuse. They're, they're, God, they're God's people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how, for me, I'm learning. I'm not an expert, but... You know, I've probably violated everything I've ever said in this conversation over the years. But uh, it's it's that fruit of the spirit of just living that, under that rule of uh, and exercising the power in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not here to abuse or dominate. Neither am I here to be under the doormat. Uh, yeah. So for, for anybody that's that's watching or listening and they're they're convicted either way of um maybe that they've they've been a bit too domineering, they've abused their power, and whether that's as a as a parent or as a, a boss or within church or in whatever situation, um uh how 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 is it that they can start to move more in this spirit of gentleness? And vice versa for people that are just like, I, I just don't know how to stand up for myself. I just don't know how to, to, to speak up with that authority that we've been talking about this whole time. How how is it that I can I can start using, and stepping into the authority of Jesus in my everyday life? I think the first one is harder. Because sometimes the person who is domineering and the bully doesn't know it they don't realize it mm. they think that's the way it should be 
their understanding of leadership is like that. Um, I don't think I was ever like that. I slipped into it sometimes. Um, this might sound like a real cop-out, but I think that kind of person has just got to be filled with the Holy Spirit, get filled with the Holy Spirit properly. It's not a change of behavior. It's, it's a, it's a whole. It's it's the flesh. A yeah. conviction of they need to be convicted of what's been taking place, and when that happens, it's you you're filled with the love that God has for people, and it becomes difficult to treat people and, like. And that. that can't be counselled in. I think it can only only the Holy Spirit can change them. But look what he did to Paul. Yeah, murderer, killer. Yeah. The second one, for me, because I was more like that myself as okay. a person, one of the biggest things for me was to realize who I am in Christ. That I'm a son of God. Mm -hmm. And when I became to realize, and it's one of the few things I have learned, I know who I am. Right. Um, I know that God is for me. Um, so for me, in the right sense, with respect, I don't care what people think about me. I want people to like me, of course. Yeah, exactly. but I know who I am, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, I don't allow people to push me around where I, I used to. Mm -hmm. But um, <laughs> my mum, my mum was always very helpful because uh, I mean, I, in some of my jobs, I worked for some very important people you know judges and barristers and the big players and i would get regular conversation telephone conversation with the lord chancellor of england we used to call our place and he was a lovely man at the time he was a very humble welsh guy lovely man but i you know i was used to these big guys um and in work you know when i was just growing up and my mum always used to say to me do you know what just see them sitting on the toilet because everybody goes. <laughs> Sorry for that offends of you. But that's what you think. You see them there and you just think, yeah, but you you have to go to the bathroom just like me. Yeah, okay. I don't know if that helps. You might edit that out. I don't know. <laughs> but it, a lot of it is it's knowing who you are. And I think for the person who is that doormat, and I feel for people like that because it's hard to get up off the floor. Yeah, okay. I was never, my, my father and mother never treated me like that. Uh, they were very good. But um, I could put my, I could make myself a doormat, and I know people who have been doormats. It's a hard thing uh, to lift yourself, and it's a process, but to say, God is for me. I know this, God is for me. And it's that dignity. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm a son of God. Okay. I'm a child of God. And it's a process, a process, until you can say, I can stand tall. Yeah, and uh, and sometimes it, it can take a healing because sometimes people like that have been they've been abused. Yeah, they've been subdued, they've been subjugated, and and that's why I hate that because it's wrong. Yeah, that sense of injustice. Who did this to you? Yeah, who made you like that? Yeah, which boss? Which parent? Which church leader? Yeah, who told you this? Which school teacher, which 
which university lecturer. Yeah, yeah. Who told you that? Who made you like that? Yeah. I think there's always a, there's always that, that something has happened to that person. Yeah, and they've let those words dictate how they think about themselves yeah. rather than the words of God. Remember, um, Jeff has shared quite often in church here about how uh, um, teachers in his primary school told him that he was stupid and would never amount to never amount to anything, and he carried that with him for decades, decades, until God broke it. Yeah, um, but it, the, power of words. the power of words is is enormous and. There, there might be just some things that people have still that they're still carrying that are listening to this, where they need to go and talk to somebody, bring it before the Lord, and and break its power in the name of Jesus, and to, and, and change your speaking. Yeah, it's hearing what God has. What does God, what does God has to say to you about <clears throat> yourself? And then speak it back to Him. Mm. That's the, that's the, the circle of life, isn't it? You you hear yourself speaking the truth. Yeah, and that's the process. God is for me. I'm a child of God. I'm the head and not the tail. I know people who couldn't say that. But that's true. That's yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Well, um, thank you so much, Roger, for taking the time. Have we touched the subject? <laughs> I think so. I think we've uh, we've covered quite a bit of it. Um, but if you if you have any questions at all, then please please do get in touch with us. Um, the the details will be available wherever it is that you're watching or listening of a, a contact where you can get in touch and just uh, let us know if there's anything else that you you need to find out how to part or uh, to uh, if you want somebody to just sit and pray with you as well just yes. get in touch with us and let us know we would love to to have a, a chance to speak with you but um, thank you so much Roger for spending the time with us you're very welcome Harry and thank you everybody for watching and listening and <laughs> Listening to our ram or my ramblings, <laughs> Harry's, Harry's cogent, perceptive wisdom. <laughs> You're very kind to me. You're very kind to me. And uh, uh, feel free to dip into any of the other fruit of the spirit stuff that we have knocking around. But for now, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye.